Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to Recovery Radio Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Visit my website, recoveryradiokmp3.com, to get the books. Go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I am so glad you were here with me. I don't know if your day's just getting started, or it's just winding down, or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are. Here me. I am glad for that. grateful I have no desire to drink today. I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee from Trader Joe's mixed with some Don Francisco's hazelnut. It is delicious. I'll read something from the big book and talk about it. I'll read from Dr. Bob's Nightmare on page 180. Let's read the whole page, starting with, you know, Dr. Bob's sobriety date. At the top, first full paragraph, that was June 10th, 1935, and that was my last drink. As I write, nearly four years have passed. The question which might naturally come into your mind would be, what did the man do or say that was different from what the others had done or said? Because Dr. Bob had been, you know laid up because of alcohol so many times and so many people have tried to help him. He'd sought help so many times and nobody ever did. Nobody ever was able to. Goes on to say, it must be remembered that I had read a great deal and talked to everyone who knew or thought they knew anything about the subject of alcoholism. But this was a man who experienced many years of frightful drinking who had had most of the drunkard's experiences known to man, who had been all but cured by the very means I had been trying to employ, that is to say, the spiritual approach. He gave me information about the subject of alcoholism, which was undoubtedly helpful. Of far more importance was the fact that he was the first living human with whom I had ever talked, who knew what he was talking about in regard to alcoholism from actual experience. In other words, he talked my language. He knew all the answers, and certainly not because he had picked them up in his reading. Let's go over to page 18. Talking about how nobody can help us. 
right in the middle of the page. Highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with SF find it impossible sometimes to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find this more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. That the man who is making the approaches had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he's talking about. That his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect. He's a man with a real answer. That he has no attitude of holier-than-thou, nothing whatever except a sincere desire to be helpful. That there are no fees to pay, no axes to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. Now, check out um, check out page ninety two. Very top. Tell him I'm talking about talking with a newcomer. Tell him how baffled you are. How you finally learn that you were sick, give him an account of the struggles you made to stop. Show him the mental twist which leads to the first drink of a spree. We suggest you do this as a way of done it in chapter on the chapter in the chapter on alcoholism. If he is an alcoholic, he will understand you at once. He will match your mental inconsistencies with some of his own. If you're satisfied as a real alcoholic, begin to dwell on the hopeless feature of the malady. Show him from your own experience how the queer mental condition surrounding that first drink prevents the normal functioning of the willpower. Next paragraph. Continue to speak of alcoholism as an illness, a fatal malady. Talk about the conditions of body and mind which accompany it. Not body and mind and soul. Body and mind. I wanted to talk about all that because when I really came to understand what the big book says the alcoholic problem is, my ability to help people skyrocketed. Before that, not so much. When I had the problem and the solution all intertwined and I was not properly armed with facts about myself, Meaning I would go to people and say, you know, the reason you're late for work is because you're alcoholic. The reason you flip that person off is because you're alcoholic. That kind of thing. You hate your girlfriend because you're alcoholic. You want to have sex all the time because you're alcoholic. When I went through the big book in a non-linear fashion and... Had it really shown to me that the big book says we have a twofold malady of mind and body, and the mental part only deals with thoughts concerning the first drink. My ability to help people just changed so much. 
don't think one person um, I don't know I was going to say you know I don't remember I don't know if anyone is sober um, I don't know I just wanted to share all that because it's not um, it's not irrelevant how the message of the problem and the solution is delivered to a newcomer it's a big deal And can't tell you how many times I've talked to somebody, described alcoholism like it's described in the book, and watched their relief come over them. And sadly, I've also seen a lot where you know, they'll get a bunch of different takes on what alcoholism is from a bunch of other people and they'll look more and more disillusioned. And then they'll be gone. I've seen that a lot. I don't claim to know exactly why anybody leaves, but it's an observation that I've noticed. So. Really grateful for the men and women who spent thousands of hours with me going over the big book, what it means, what they're talking about, showing me what, according to the big book, is my alcoholism, what, according to the big book, is just assholeism. what it means to be recovered in a recovered state. So grateful for that. Made the solution work so much better as well. I got a bunch of people outside my house. They're standing there. They want autographs. It's that time of the day. It's just sometimes they come earlier than other days. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. I'm waving at them. I'll be right down. Yeah, I have a pen. Looks like I'm going to sign a football for some reason. I think I played football for... About 10 minutes one time. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Chelsea and to Dave and I don't know. If anybody needs to hear it, everything's okay. I really do appreciate the fans. I want to give a shout out to North Carolina. If you're in North Carolina listening, 
I also want to give a shout out to Texas. I also want to give a shout out to New York City. I want to give a shout out to Seattle. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. I gotta go. Boy, the crowd's really gathering. I love you too. I do. I love you too. All right, I gotta go. Uh, send me an email, sarcasticbigbook at gmail.com. And uh, yeah. Send me a message on Instagram, sarcastic.aa.book. I don't know. I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope you'll do the same.